situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on major podcast platforms. Why we love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. 鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。There Oliver Twist Daily Quote The most efficient way to live reasonably is every morning to make a plan of one's day and every night to examine the results obtained. Alexis Carroll 合理生活最有效的方法是每天早上制定一天的计划，每天晚上检查结果。亚历克西·卡雷尔。亚历克西·卡雷尔出生于1873年，1944年去世。是一位法国外科医生、生物学家和优生学家。他曾经于1912年因为对于血管以及器官移植的研究获得诺贝尔生理学或医学奖。卡雷尔出生于法国里昂，后进入里昂大学学习文学。1889年获得文学学士学位。
The most efficient way to live reasonably is every morning to make a plan of one's day, and every night to examine the results obtained. Alexis Carroll. 合理生活最有效的方法是，每天早上制定一天的计划，每天晚上检查结果。亚历克西·卡雷尔。赠花青，杜甫。锦城丝管日纷纷，半入江风半入云。此曲只应天上有，人间能得几回闻。A poem for Hua Qing by Du Fu. Day after day, lutes and flutes run riot in the city of Brocade. Half of the music goes with the river breeze. Half into the clouds would fade. Such tunes should only belong to heaven. On earth, how rarely! Can we hear them played? We just heard this poem, "Sing Hua Qing," written by Tang Dynasty poet Du Fu. The Chinese version is read by the host Xiao Fei for you. The English version is Mark Griffiths for you. 赠花青是唐代伟大诗人杜甫的作品，大约作于唐上元二年及公元七百六十一年。全诗四句，前两句对乐曲做具体形象的描绘，是实写；后两句则是以天上的仙乐相夸，是遐想。因时而虚，虚实相生，将乐曲的美妙赞誉到了极度。这首绝句字面上明白如画。但是对于他的主旨，历来著加颇多意义。有人认为他只是赞美乐曲，并无弦外之音；有人则认为他表面上看是在赞美乐曲，实际上却含讽刺劝诫的意味。说是语含讽刺，耐人寻味的是，作者并没有对花青名言指摘，而是采取了一语双关的巧妙手法。从字面上看，这俨然是一首十分出色的乐曲赞美诗。锦城丝管日纷纷，半入江风半入云。这两句诗使读者真切地感受到了乐曲的那种行云流水般的美妙。两个“半”字空灵活脱，给全诗增添了不少的情趣。乐曲如此之美，作者禁不住感慨说：“此曲只应天上有，人间能得几回闻。天上的仙乐，人间当然难得一闻。”
，难得闻而敬闻，欲见其妙的出奇了。然而，这仅仅是字面上的意思，其弦外之音是意味深长的。这可以从“天上”和“人间”这两个词看出端倪。天上实际上指天子所居皇宫，人间指皇宫之外，这是封建社会极常用的双关语。说乐曲属于天上。且加“只应”一词限定，既然是“只应天上有”，那么人间当然就不应得闻，不应得闻，而竟然得闻，不仅几回闻，而且日纷纷。于是作者的讽刺之旨就从这种矛盾的对立中，既含蓄婉转，又确切有力的显现出来了。宋人张天觉曾论诗文的讽刺说：“讽刺则不可怒张。”怒张则筋骨露矣。杜甫的这首诗可以说是柔中有刚，绵里藏针，欲讽于鱼，意在言外，忠言而不逆耳，做得恰到好处。《赠花卿》杜甫。锦城丝管日纷纷，半入江风半入云。此曲只应天上有，人间能得几回闻。A poem for Hua Ching by Du Fu. Day after day, lutes and flutes run riot in the city of Brocade. Half of the music goes with the river breeze. Half into the clouds would fade. Such tunes should only belong to heaven. On earth, how rarely! Can we hear them played? Real world is unlimited. A 等待着那些有胆识的人，去冒各种风险，追求人生的真谛。这段话出自英国女作家夏洛蒂·勃朗特的代表作《简爱》。我是轻松调频记者星玉，和轻松调频一起在阅读中感受生活之美。Easy FM, we are the difference. More to read. 文字的世界。用心，用心聆听。Beauty of words。今天我要为大家选读的是英国著名作家查尔斯·狄更斯的经典小说《雾都孤儿》当中的节选片段。查尔斯·狄更斯出生于1812年 ，1870 年去世，英国皇家学会公益院院士，英国著名作家。他出生于海军小职员家庭。少年时因家庭生活窘迫，只能断断续续的入校求学，后来被迫到工厂做童工
，十五岁以后当过律师事务所的学徒、录事和法庭记录员，二十岁开始当报馆采访员，报到下议院。一八三七年，他完成了第一部长篇小说《匹克威克外传》，是第一部现实主义小说创作。后来，他的创作才能日渐成熟，先后出版了《雾都孤儿》《老古玩店》《董贝父子》《大卫·科波菲尔》《艰难时事》。双城记、远大前程等，狄更斯特别注意描写生活在英国社会底层的小人物的生活遭遇，深刻的反映了当时英国复杂的社会现实，为英国批判现实主义文学的开拓和发展做出了卓越的贡献。我们接下来要读到的《雾都孤儿》是他于1838年出版的长篇写实小说，这部作品以雾都伦敦为背景，讲述了一个孤儿悲惨的身世及遭遇。主人公奥利弗在孤儿院长大，经历学徒生涯，艰苦逃难，误入贼窝，又被迫与狠毒的凶徒为伍，历尽无数辛酸，最后在善良人的帮助下查明身世，并获得了幸福。该书揭露了许多当时的社会问题，如救济院、童工以及帮派吸收青少年参与犯罪等。这部小说还多次被改编成电影、电视及舞台剧。好，下面呢，就让我们一起来读一下《雾都孤儿》当中的节选片段。Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens， 雾都孤儿，查尔斯·狄更斯。This is a painful task, said he, but these declarations, which have been signed in London before many gentlemen, must be substance repeated here. I would have spared you the degradation, but we must hear them from your own lips before we part, and you know why. 这是一份不愉快的差事，他说，但必须把这些在伦敦当着好几位绅士签了字的声明的要点重申一下。我极不愿意让你再次出丑，但我们必须听你亲口复述一遍，然后才能分手。理由你也知道。Go on," said the person addressed, turning away his face. "Quick, I have almost done enough. I think. Don't keep me here." 讲下去，布朗劳先生与之说话的那个人应道，一边把脸扭开去。快一点，我认为我差不多一切都照办了。不要再把我拖住在这里。This child. Said Mr. Brownlow, drawing Oliver to him and laying his hand upon his head, "Is your half brother, the illegitimate son of your father, my dear friend Edwin Leeford, by poor young Agnes Fleming, who died in giving him birth?" This child, Brownlow 先生说时把奥利弗拉到自己身边，一只手放在他头上，是你的异母兄弟。是你的父亲，我的好朋友埃德温·利福德的非婚生儿子。可怜他的母亲，年轻的阿格尼斯·弗雷明，一生下他就死去了。Yes, said Monks, scowling at the trembling boy, the beating of whose heart he might have heard. That is the bastard child. 是的，蒙克斯说。同时向那个站立不已的孩子怒目而视，大概他听得见那孩子的心在突突的跳。是的，那是他们的私生子
The term you use," said Mr. Brownlow sternly, "is a reproach to those long since passed beyond the feeble censure of the world. It reflects disgrace on no one living, except you who use it. Let that pass. He was born in this town." 你用这样的字眼所指责的对象，布朗劳先生厉声说：“早已到了人间的区区非难不起作用的另一个世界。这样的字眼不会使任何活着的人蒙受耻辱，除了你自己。这些不提也罢。他是在这个镇上出生的，是不是 ？”In the workhouse of this town was the sullen reply. You have the story there. He pointed impatiently to the papers as he spoke. 在本镇的平民习议所里，回答的语调相当阴沉。那里都已写清楚了。他不耐烦地指指那些文件。I must have it here too," said Mr. Brownlow, looking round upon the listeners. 我要你在这里再说一遍。布朗劳先生说时环顾室内的听众。Listen, then, you. Returned monks. His father, being taken ill at Rome, was joined by his wife, my mother, from whom he had been long separated, who went from Paris and took me with her, to look after his property. For what I know, for she had no great affection for him, nor he for her. He knew nothing of us, for his senses were gone, and he slumbered on till next day, when he died. Among the papers in his desk were two dated on the night his illness first came on, directed to yourself. He addressed himself to Mr. Brownlow, and enclosed in a few short lines to you, with an intimation on the cover of the package that it was not to be forwarded till after he was dead. One of these papers was a letter to this girl Agnes, the other a will. 那你们就听着，蒙克斯说。他的父亲在罗马病倒后，他的早已跟他分居的妻子，也就是我的母亲，带着我从巴黎赶去，那是看在他的财产份上，因为据我所知，我母亲对他并没有感情，他对我母亲也是一样，他根本没有认出我们，因为他的神志已经不清，一直昏昏沉沉，到第二天就死了。他的写字台抽屉里有一些文件。从签署的日期看，其中有两份是他发病的当天晚上写的。文件的封套上写着你的名字。这时，蒙克斯面向布朗劳先生，写给你的只有短短的几行，封套上附有一条说明，要求等他死后转发。文件之一是给那个叫阿格尼斯的姑娘的信，其二是一份遗嘱。What of the letter? Asked Mr. Brownlow. 信上写些什么？布朗劳先生问。The letter, a sheet of paper crossed and crossed again, with a penitent confession and prayers to God to help her. He had palmed a tale on the girl that some secret mystery, to be explained one day, prevented his marrying her just then, and so she had gone on. Trusting patiently to him, until she trusted too far and lost what none could ever give her back, she was at that time within a few months of her confinement. 
he told her all he had meant to do, to hide her shame if he had lived, and prayed her if he died not to curse his memory or think the consequences of their sin would be visited on her or their young child, for all the guilt was his. He reminded her of the day he had given her the little locket and the ring with her Christian name engraved upon it, and a blank left for that which he hoped one day to have bestowed upon her, prayed her yet to keep it, and wear it next her heart, as he had done before, and then ran on wildly in the same words over and over again, as if he had gone distracted. I believe he had. 你问那封信，只有一张纸，上面的字句涂了又涂，里边有忏悔，有祈求上帝保佑他的祷告。他曾编造了一番假话哄骗那姑娘，说他有难言之隐，这个秘密有朝一日会揭开的，但眼下妨碍着他俩正式结婚。姑娘一直耐心等待着，对他深信不疑，直到他信任过了头。终于失去任何人也无法还给他的东西。当时他离分娩只剩不多几个月了。信中，他把自己为保全他的名节打算采取的一切办法全都告诉那姑娘，只要他能够活下来。万一他死去的话，他恳求姑娘不要诅咒他的亡魂，不要以为他们的罪孽必定给他或他们的孩子招来惩罚，因为这都是他一人之过。他提到某一天，他曾送给他一个小金盒和一枚戒指，戒指上镌有他的名字，旁边留着的空隙，准备刻上他希望有朝一日能奉献给他的姓氏。他恳求他把小金盒保存起来，像以前一样挂在他的心坎上。下面颠三倒四的老是重复这些话，好像神经发生了错乱。我相信他的脑子确实出了毛病。Oliver Twist, by Charles Dickens. This is a painful task," said he. "But these declarations, which have been signed in London before many gentlemen, must be substance repeated here. I would have spared you the degradation, but we must hear them from your own lips before we part, and you know why. Go on." Said the person addressed, turning away his face. Quick, I have almost done enough. I think, don't keep me here. This child," said Mister Brownlow, drawing Oliver to him and laying his hand upon his head, "is your half brother, the illegitimate son of your father, my dear friend Edwin Leeford, by poor young Agnes Fleming, who died in giving him birth." Yes," said Monks, scowling at the trembling boy, the beating of whose heart he might have heard. "That is the bastard child." The term you use," said Mister Brownlow sternly, "is a reproach to those long since passed beyond the feeble censure of the world. It reflects disgrace on no one living, except you who use it. Let that pass. He was born in this town." In the workhouse of this town," was the sullen reply. "You have the story there," 
He pointed impatiently to the papers as he spoke. I must have it here too," said Mr. Brownlow, looking round upon the listeners. "Listen, then, you," returned Monks. His father, being taken ill at Rome, was joined by his wife, my mother, from whom he had been long separated, who went from Paris and took me with her, to look after his property. For what I know, for she had no great affection for him, nor he for her. He knew nothing of us, for his senses were gone, and he slumbered on till next day when he died. Among the papers in his desk were two dated on the night his illness first came on, directed to yourself. He addressed himself to Mister Brownlow, and enclosed in a few short lines to you, with an intimation on the cover of the package that it was not to be forwarded till after he was dead. One of these papers was a letter to this girl Agnes, the other a will. What of the letter? Asked Mister Brownlow. The letter, a sheet of paper crossed and crossed again, with a penitent confession, and prayers to God to help her. He had palmed a tale on the girl that some secret mystery, to be explained one day, prevented his marrying her just then, and so she had gone on. Trusting patiently to him, until she trusted too far and lost what none could ever give her back, she was at that time within a few months of her confinement. He told her all he had meant to do, to hide her shame if he had lived, and prayed her if he died not to curse his memory or think the consequences of their sin would be visited on her or their young child, for all the guilt was his. He reminded her of the day he had given her the little locket and the ring with her Christian name engraved upon it, and a blank left for that which he hoped one day to have bestowed upon her. Prayed her yet to keep it, and wear it next her heart, as he had done before, and then ran on wildly in the same words over and over again, as if he had gone distracted. I believe he had. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. 这是最好的时代，也是最坏的时代。出自《A Tale of Two Cities》，双城记。There is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. 世界上没有什么比笑声和幽默感。更具有感染力。出自《A Christmas Carol》，圣诞颂歌。Suffering has been stronger than all other teaching, and has taught me to understand which your heart used to be. I have been bent and broken, but I hope into a better shape. 苦难是最好的老师，教导我们了解自我的内心。虽然受到磨练与心碎，但我相信我会让自己变得更好。出自《Great Expectations》，远大前程。There are books of which the backs and covers are by far the best parts. 有些书最好的部分仅止于封面与书背。出自我们今天为大家选读的这部经典作品。
Oliver Twist， 雾都孤儿。今天的节目就要结束了，感谢您的收听，我是沈听，我们明天见。